there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message here at Wellspring Church, Texarkana. We would also love to see you and your family join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. Or if you'd like to give or learn more about us, you can go to the link in our Instagram or Facebook bio. We are praying that this message encourages and equips you to live out your walk with Christ. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready for this week's word. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. It's alive for us. God, I pray that uh, just a special blessing to the listener, to the hearer. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will inspire them to, to, to move and act and do your word. Lord, so we may build our house on the rock that will not be shaken. God, I thank you that you care about the, even the smallest things in our life. And I pray, Lord, that we would be connected to you connected with by your presence connected to the kingdom lord and our vision our perspective would broaden we would see things as you see them not as how the news wants us to see them lord we would see things as your word says and not just our temporary feelings lord we just open up our heart and our minds to you we open our ears to speak this morning to us we receive, let us have a, a, a attitude of faith to receive. Lord, not a critical, not, we don't want to throw attitude, Lord, but Lord, let us be humble, receiving servants. Lord, as you give us your word, you give us our mission, you give us our purpose, and we would be a faithful people that serve a faithful God. Jesus, we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone says, Amen and amen. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard about the old, uh, this old story about the scientists that came before God and they said, we figured out how to make life. Do you all remember that? The scientists, if you haven't, you know, who's heard this before? The sci- these scientists figured out how to make life and they, they summoned God and they said, God, we figured out how to make life. And God was like, wow, good job. Man, that's, that's pretty amazing. Can, can you show me? And it's like, all right. So here's what you do. God, we figured this out. We figured out your recipe. So they, said, so they said, what we do is we get a bunch of dirt and we pull it together. And God said, wait, 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 wait. Now listen, you got to make your own dirt. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. It's kind of it's kind of a dad joke almost in between. But <clears throat> today I want to uh, share... Um, something that has been kind of going around in my life and I've seen it. I've, I, I, I'm seeing this right now in my life. I've seen it in the past and it's this, and this is kind of the title of the message today. God gives gifts in seed form. Seed form. Many times the blessings of God, the gifts of God don't come to our possession Fully finished, fully mature. They come in seed form. Anybody ever planted a seed before? You know, when I remember when I was a kid, you know, it's like you take the little Dixie cup. Y'all remember this? I mean, did the Dixie cup plant, right? You put the seed in it, and, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like, I just want to go in there and look at it, plant it, come back a few minutes, and. I want to look at it and, and try to dig around in there and, you know, and try to see it. And <clears throat> it takes time. 
Amen? It takes time. But all good comes from God. He breathed into the dirt. He, he breathed life, and he, he made the dirt too, right? He, he made it all. And sometimes our blessings, the gifts, the things in our life that we need, that we desire, that we want even, they come like in the little bag of seeds, you know? Anybody bought the seeds? You know, it has a little picture of the plant on it. You know, if you buy tomatoes and you're like, oh, look at that. And you're looking at the picture. Look at that. This bag has that in it. And then you open it. It's just, it's just a little seed. And I see so many times, and I'm seeing this even in my own life, that we get frustrated when it's not as we pictured it. It's, we're disappointed. And in life, you know, there's a lot of things that want to steal your seed. And I'm not really going to go into the parable of this, the seed taking a little different angle on this but you know a seed has potential but the seed must be put in the dirt it must be watered even fertilized even tended it you know funny story about the remember the one that said the the, the tree wasn't bearing fruit <clears throat> and they said we're going to cut this down and the, the farmer said no 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 not yet Let's spend a little more time. And the old, remember the old King James said, we're going to dung it. Yeah. You ever feel like you've just been crapped on? <laughs> like, I mean, that's like a recipe for growth. <laughs> People have not, okay. You had not had enough dung on your life yet to get fruit yet. But these seeds are not fully developed. Matthew 13, 31 said, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a sower took and planted in his field. Mustard seeds are minute. They're tiny, but the seeds grow into trees. Flocks of birds can come and build their nest in the branches. Mustard seed. Who likes mustard? I like mustard. I'm glad there's mustard, right? But I guess birds can use the trees too. But the point is, it's a small, small seed that it can grow into a large tree and birds and everything. And then we can get mustard and eat hot dogs. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. That's, I love it. Thank God for mustard seeds. But we're made in the image of God, but we're not God. But we have the creation power by design, but not all the power. God has given us a, a portion of power. Uh, that we're not without him we can do nothing but he's offered himself to many that don't do their part and so there is a really a working together it's not like I can do a whole bunch and God can do a whole bunch I'm gonna leave God out and just kind of do my whole bunch no without him you cannot do anything that is of any eternal value but if you don't show up, God is still offering his part, but we're not taking our part, our part, which we know um, 
that we do have a part. First Corinthians chapter three says, he said, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's co-workers. Listen, that's a good word to underline. Co-workers, you are God's field, God's building. So it's an interesting thing here because he said, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But yet he follows and says, but each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. So is it nothing or is it something? It's nothing without him. But it can be something with him. And so we're God's co-workers, we're God's field. There's many different metaphors that we can use to get this picture. <clears throat> now, God gives us what? Gifts, blessings in seed form many times. Do you believe me? I feel like somebody's still not believing me. You think that God's going to give it to you fully? Just fully done. Psalm 127.3. This is, this is just, I'm just going here. Because this is part of how he made us to be. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Now, how, how did God give you a child? Or how, you know, you were, you were a gift to your parents. How did God give that blessing? In seed form. Right? You have the, the egg. You have the sperm. The seed. We, we, we plant together. And God, there's like a flash. Have y'all seen that thing where it's like the moment of conception? Like there's a little flash. Have y'all seen the microscopic level? Have you seen that before? It's like, and it's just amazing to me that how this gift of procreation, you know, it's just, it's amazing that there was like a flash of light. That moment when just life happened. And then those that have had kids know it's a lot of work. Tending, growing, whooping, feeding, and parenting and coaching and loving and disciplining you know there's a lot of tending to that blessing because children are a gift and they're a blessing but there is that tending co-labor with the Lord so we know <clears throat> that it's God's design for family from the beginning amen so that's just one analogy that is, to me, one of the most powerful. Because what a blessing a, a, you are, and you were used to be nothing. And through that seed, now you are here. It's amazing. Did I say amazing too much? Okay. Another example is, you know, a farmer is given seed. He buys seed. And then he uses labor and skill to make it grow. 
kind of, but really he just makes sure the seed is in the right place so that it can grow. I saw this when we lived, when we were youth pastors and worship leaders out in West Texas. I got to help a lot of our big-time farmers who are farming thousands and thousands of acres of all kinds of wheat, corn, different things, mostly corn. But it was just amazing how much work went in to get the seed in the right atmosphere, you know, fertilized, you know, plowed, fertilized, de-weeded, composted, you know, and, and it's not always fun. It's not always great when, especially when you start getting the dung of life that will create things. It's not, it doesn't always smell good. It's not always the most pleasurable fun, but what will come from it is good. Sometimes it's work, but don't give up. Many quit because they just don't like the smell. They don't like, it's not a good feeling. They don't, listen, but if you get a revelation and you, I would, I would say when you've met Jesus and you've encountered him and there's a love there that will help propel you or, or, or give you uh, the, the fortitude to press through those hard times, the stinky times. I could not, change another kid's diaper before I had kids very easily at all. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, it's, I mean, how do, how do, how long do we have to do this? But when I had my own child, it was just something really strange and maybe some of you are not like this, but it was like I had such a grace, like a, a, I don't know. I mean, it still stunk. Don't get me wrong. But it was like it didn't. It didn't. It didn't phase me. You just do it. You do it because it's right. If you're a good parent, you because you you know you 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 I fell in love with this little human, and it helps you through those times. Many people quit on church in their spiritual life because. They're trying to do the work, but they don't know the man. They haven't met him. Like, if I don't know this kid, I'm going to be like, go find your parent. I ain't changing that. Some random kid runs up to me and is like, I stinky. Go find your parent. I don't know you. Right? You don't want to be a part of that. I don't, that's not, I'm being a little funny today. But the, the point, and I try, to, I try the very best I can to get you to remember a sermon because I know tonight somebody's going to ask you, what was the sermon about? And you'll be like, I think it was, I know how it is. It's not my first. <clears throat> I think it was like life gets stinky, meet Jesus, and you'll be okay. <clears throat> but there are hard times, even in, in, in spiritual families still have stinky stalls like the proverb says if the if the if there's oxen in the stall then there's basically my my good friend pastor uh pastor Stephen. he said there's a back side of the blessing it's the back side of the blessing 
you know, and so we want everything to just always look perfect, be perfect, be finished, be complete. And I'm here to tell you, you can't just confess that seed to be where it needs to be. Come on, don't shout me down now. You can't just confess it there. You can't just, you've got to take it and put it in the ground, water it, tend it, and keep it. Not because it's all my part. I just do it my part. And then I'm saying, all right, Lord, do your part. And part of that is he'll now tell me what to do. And he'll lead me in when to water. Because I remember I just overwater. You know, you just leave it. It's fine. Let it sit. Let it die. Let it be. And sometimes we want to take the seed out before it's ready. We need to leave it in there until it's ready. And let it grow. Amen. Did I finish that thought? I think so. <clears throat> so we can't just confess it there. We have a job to do. We have to get the seeds in the right place. There are many things this can apply to, okay? There are many things. Maybe this will be a series. Get the seed in the right place so it will grow. Some plant, some water, God makes it grow. Some stuff, the seed in the junk drawer. Yeah, Shadi had, had a garden. She planted some, but she stuck a bunch of seeds just in the, she didn't use it, just stuck it in the little bag and the, folded it, put the little clip on it. <laughs> Stick it in the drawer. And they'll stay there for a long time. And not have any fruit, nothing good. So God can give you something, and it has the potential but you can just sit on it and never see it come, come forth. Plant it. Water it. Pray to the God of all power and wisdom to grow you. Grow that seed to grow those gifts to be a blessing in the kingdom. Now, again, I want to make sure we realize that, that it's not just a blessing for me. That God wants us to be blessed so we can be a blessing to others. A blessing in the kingdom. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Doing good. When do you reap? When would you reap? When, 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 would, you, when would it be time to reap, to harvest? When it's ready, like right <clears throat> so you're checking the plant, you're checking the fruit, and you take it off when it's ripe and ready. What gets that fruit to that ripened state? What does it say back right, right before it? Let us not get tired of for we will reap at the proper time. So what what gets the fruit to the place of the harvest? Doing good. Because it said, don't stop doing good. Because we're going to reap when the time is right. We fail sometimes to get to our, our ripened state, our ready state. Because we just get tired of doing good. In fact, many 
would say, what good is this? And then they stop. Well, this scripture here is saying that the doing good. Now, we know that doing the will of God and doing the word is good. To generally broad sense. So don't stop believing in his word, doing his word, putting the word into action. Don't stop doing that because you will reap in due time. How many has ever said, I just don't know how much longer I can do this? You know, that's many times we are called to into a field, uh, into a place where God wants us to grow. He has gifts and call. There's that calling, those things in our life. He wants to grow in us and grow us. And we get tired and we exactly weary we faint we stop and he's saying don't stop doing good seeking me when do i reap well when it's grown when it's ripe why wouldn't you reap because it's not ready and then i stop doing good doing good is tied directly to preparation for the reaping okay so if you say well am I, is what i'm doing good Okay, then how will it tie to a kingdom harvest? You know, that's truly the good. There are things in our life that I would say are okay. They're not sin. It's not wrong. But it's not necessarily in the doing good. But we have to make sure that we keep doing the good because that is preparing for the reaping, for the harvesting, is this build the kingdom of God. My child needs discipline. I'm having to, you know, teach them, take the time, go through this. But this human is going to grow up to be independent from me and dependent on God. That's my goal. I think that was some John and Lisa Revere or somebody I heard them say, a goal is, you know, bottom line goal is that I'm raising my child to be independent of me and dependent on God. I thought, that, isn't that good? That was good. And so me taking that time to discipline, me taking that time to love, that balance of love and discipline is going to be how they can go on to be a light into this world. Then they'll have kids. It's a great, it's one of the greatest doing goods we could ever do. And I didn't have this in my notes, but one of the things that a lot of people are concerned with is that <clears throat> many Christians and many in America and the culture, we have gone to where we don't, you know, kids, we don't really want to have kids. They're not seeing the blessing of children. And I'm sorry, but it takes a man and a woman to make a child. Okay? So the agenda of the enemy is to try to get us to not pass down generation to generation while his people, many in the Muslim world and other religions, they're having 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 kids with multiple women. Go look it up. That was a real concern in some of these other countries is they're letting them in and they're reproducing and they're literally going to outgrow. Interesting thought just an interesting thought you're like that's kind of wild but and i'm not here trying to tell you you need to have 
a certain amount of kids. The point is that when we have a blessing in a child, that part of doing good is to instill a love for Jesus and the kingdom in them so they can pass it down to the next generation and the next generation. And that's a harvest thing. That's harvest. That's doing good. Amen. And you say, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have kids. Right, listen, there are plenty of kids around. There are plenty of youth. You can come tonight pouring out some youth. You can find people. We've had people in our life that <clears throat> they say, well, for whatever reason, I can't have a child. But there, there's plenty that need mentoring, that need love. Amen. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I hope you hear my heart upon this, is that we're doing good and passing down these children are a blessing from the Lord, whether it's just my child or another child. Okay? And when we meet Jesus, when we meet the Lord, and He fall, and we fall in love with him, and we have that encounter with him, our response to others is not just because we love them, but it's because it's a response to God's love for me. Back to the kid that I don't know, you know what I mean? There are times where we have done things we didn't really like and I, it was it wasn't necessarily because I loved them I didn't really know them but it was responding to God's love to me I felt the love of the father when I was unlovable and so I'm responding to that and be like no I don't even know you but I'm gonna take you to lunch or I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you and take some time I'm gonna you know there's a response to God's love that we do and it's because of our love for him, his love for us. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> now, we have said this many times here. Those that build a strong house are the people that hear the word and confess the word. No. Hear the word. Do the word. Okay? Now, and I'm not trying to pick on any kind of confession thing, but confession, when you read, when you look up scriptures, not that are good to confess, but if you look up scriptures about confession, most of those have to do with confessing sin. So if we really want to talk about the power of confession, better start confessing your sin. Start confessing where you've fallen short and you've been wrong. Confess your sin to God. Confess sins one to another so they may be healed. Oh, that, that's not nearly as popular as just finding your favorite scripture and confessing it. Okay? Here's the thing. That doesn't mean it's wrong to confess scriptures that are good because we hear it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? I'm going to make sure that's real clear. But we have to make sure that we understand that it's not just by the confessing it, it's by the doing it. Now, if confessing it helps motivate you like a prep, prep talk to do it, go for it. You know, it's kind of like right before the, the game. You know, they're like, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. You know what I mean? Before a game, they're, they're, they're pumping themselves up. We're strong. We've been working. We got this. But imagine if a team just stayed in there saying that. They just keep saying it. Because we're a winner. We're a winner. And you don't win by saying you're a winner. You win by going out there and winning. And so if, again, nothing wrong with confession, if that helps you hear it, 
but it needs to take you to that next level. I was going to do a little skit. I wasn't going to share this, but <clears throat> if I was to get you up here, I'd be like, all right, we've got a new workout. All right, I might need some help. Kayla, do you want to help me? Y'all you. You are a good workout people, right? Okay, come on up. <coughs> come on. No, no, it's, it's, it's a way. This is not like the, all those people that make it hard. This is going to be so much easier. So come stand beside me. I'm going to leave you in a little workout. Ready? Stand up here. Stand up here beside me. All right, so we're going to It's going to warm up a little bit. All right, so just kind of just kind of move your arms around a little bit. Just kind of warm up, all right? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a well-known exercise, but it's a, it's a little different movement than you're used to, but it's, it's jumping jacks, all right? So jumping jacks, but I want you to just chill, okay? So what we're going to do is just follow me, just do what I do, and begin to repeat after me. All right, ready? Here we go. We're going to do 10. We'll just do five jumping jacks. Ready? All right, here we go. Jumping jacks, jumping jacks. Come on, do it, do it. Jumping jacks, jumping jacks, jumping jacks. Jumping, so two more jumping jacks, jumping jacks. Okay, big breath. All right, good. All right, that's getting to moving. You feel that? You feel that change? All right, we're gonna do some push-ups. Ready? All right, get get straight. All right, here we go. We're gonna do five. Let your heart rate come down. We don't wanna. All right, here we go. All right, push up, push up, push up, push up. You feel it in your chest? Push up. Push up. All right. All right. Okay, take a breath. Listen, everybody's, everybody's trying to make these workouts hard. It's not that hard. You just... Listen, if Heidi's is too difficult, come to my class. All right. Whatever. What's your, what's your, what are the workout? Squats? All right. Squat. All right. Get squat position. Okay. Spread your legs out then. All right. Now just follow me. All right. This is going to sound funny, isn't it? <laughs> Squat. Top. Squat. Come on, you feel it? Feel the pump in your leg? Squat. Come on, one more. Squat. All right. Good. Thank you. Y'all can sit down. Okay. <clears throat> Man, you girls, listen, do that every day. Do that every day. And I'm telling you, maybe it'll happen for you. Okay. Now, listen. All, all the funniest aside, there are many times that God is calling to act on his word. And we're stopping it just saying it. Many stop it just hearing it. And then many will stop it just saying it. Because I've met with people that come up and I say, oh, man, that was a great sermon. And we talk about it and talk about it. And that's great. Over the years, we've been in ministry for many, many years. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you need to, you know, that's good upon marriage and all this. And they fail to follow through. And then they get a divorce. They fail to come. You know what I mean? It, it, there were some things, if we, could do, if we could do them, it could help grow that seed into a fruitful place. And that is the, the goal for this message today is that, you know, James talks about controlling our tongue. Jesus, you know, talks about, you know, all through the word we talk about confessing our sin. 
we hear all these things, but see, James talks about controlling our tongue, so we know that confession is a part of it. But it's to lead us all the way through, all the way through action. Anybody golf here or baseball or any kind of thing, they talk about the importance of the follow-through. Fishers, you know, it's like, you know, if you cast and you, you yank it down, it'll, but, if you, you know, it's in that follow-through. And sometimes we just stop short to get it where it needs to be. And so God wants us to hear his word. And then hear, he's, oh, I want to give these things to you. And, oh, Lord, that's what I desire. Give that to me. And then he gives it to us in that seed, that moment of belief, the faith as a mustard seed. Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. James 2, 17, so to faith by itself, if it does not result in action, is dead. Be encouraged today to keep walking, keep doing good. What is that? That's walking by the Spirit. It's amazing how far you can go by walking. It's amazing how far you can't go by thinking about walking. You know, I hear people all the time, including myself. I know that's good for me. I probably should do that. I don't get a lot of results from saying that. I get results from doing it. And we're not talking about salvation by works. I know in the room, I don't even feel that we're all past that. We're not talking about salvation. But what we are talking about is living a fruitful, blessed life whether it's relationship with a marriage. Listen, a marriage comes in seed form. When you first get married, I kind of thought when I got married to Heidi that <clears throat> I was going to feel different. Like I kind of pinched myself. I've been waiting my whole life to be married. And I got married, and I'm like, I still kind of feel the same. Pinch myself. Still kind of get irritated at the same things. I don't have a special aura special halo and we had to do a lot of learning we had mad love for one another but we didn't know how to live together we didn't know how to get through arguments we did it a hundred million different bad ways to find the one way that was our initial way to figure things out we liked to go through all the ways it didn't work so we could find them. we just process of elimination right no, but, but even a marriage, even a relationship, it comes even, I would, I would say in a way, it comes in seed form. It's a start of a journey. Our relationship with the Lord, when we get saved, we don't arrive. It's a, it's a start of a great adventure. And many things in our life, they, they start, and as we enjoy the journey the best we can, and that's, I think that's um, very key for us, is that when we realize that this is a journey and I have, I see hope, I see there's a light, I see that I'm in this valley, but I know that I'm going to get to the end because he's with me. This that I'm going through right now, I don't want to give up. I want to stop because it's going to grow, you know. And when it starts growing and then the wind starts blowing, that wind just causes strength. They did a study years ago. I remember reading about it. They, they grew a tree in a perfect environment where there was not ever wind. 
and studied the root growth. And the roots didn't have to go down deep. And even the way the trunk was made, from what I remember, it didn't, it didn't have the, the strength in the trunk and the, and the stuff. And so then when they put the wheat, it was really, really weak. But in the process of growing, as the tree is growing, as the storms grow, it's, it's been in the limbs and been in flexing that trunk that, that causes strength in it. And so we can, as free will people, sometimes just decide to quit. But for those that will hang on so that they can see the growth that God really wants us to have. Amen. And I, I definitely, I know we're making a lot, we're having fun. I definitely am not here to try to um, necessarily, uh, unnecessarily offend, but I'll, I'm going to be real clear. I am here to challenge us today. That what we have learned and what we've done in the past, it's okay to bring that under inspection and challenge it. Say, if I'm not, if this has not been working in my life, let's bring it up. Let's bring it before the Lord. Let's ask him to inspect it. Lord, if there be any wrong ways. My pastor used to say every time he opened up his Bible, Lord, let me be ready to be changed right now. Let my, anything, I, any preconceived notions and doctrines that have come from people that just told me, I never even knew why I knew that. I never even knew why I believed that. But if right now your word challenges it, that I won't try to skirt around it. I say, Lord, let me be ready to hear your word and be made better. Amen. And that's such a great thing. That means there's, there's, there's hope for growth. Amen. How many of you have some hope for growth in your own life? Anybody arrived? Right? We're all on a journey, and God wants us to be outfitted. He wants us to be prepared. He doesn't want us just weak, walking around, just kind of barely making it. I know he has mercy and compassion for those that are going through that, but I believe there is a time when God is looking around and saying, I need a church that's strong. I need a church that has some resilience, that has some strength, because I got a harvest that I need some, I need some help, people to help disciple and to love and do the hard thing. And we do that individually with the Lord while also corporately as a team. Amen. Getting our, our body armor, our tactical body armor, and our boots, and our helmet, and putting on our thing because the enemy's he's trying to stop us. Amen. I want to talk about, just for just a moment, what's happening around the world. It's the same old demon. It's the same old Satan. We're just in a new time. And I was reading in 1 Timothy, he said we will not, He's not giving us, uh, in the voice that says, he's not giving us a spirit of cowardice, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Like disciplined. And so God is not giving us, we're not here to quake in fear and tremble. <sighs> Amen. But he wants to give us the spirit of power. Maybe you're like, okay, I, I, I'm I'm doing child I'm doing daycare I'm teaching daycare I'm I'm a nurse or I'm a this listen your mission is where God has you your war may not be overseas when that when it comes up you pray for them Psalm says pray for the peace in Jerusalem and we are we're going to continue to pray for them but I will not be 
I won't let fear from something that's happening in this world to stop me from what God has called me to do. Anybody with me? Listen, we learned a lot from COVID. And hopefully we all learned this. I do not care what they say. We're going to have church. They're going to have to stop us. We're going to pray for the churches around the world. We are going to continue to do what we can, what's within our power. You know, the prayer of Jabez, remember the old prayer of Jabez? He talked about enlarging my territory. You know, that tells me that we can't do everything. We can't do everything about everything. But we have a realm of influence. We have a territory to occupy. And so I'm not going to jump out of my post here to run over and do something. Okay. We're going to pray for them. You don't quit over there. I'm standing the post here. And so whatever God has called you to do, you keep doing it. For those that minister to our kids, our youth, at your job, whoever you're ministering to, your neighbors, whatever you're going, I believe that God is telling us to stay faithful. Don't buy the lie that you don't need to go to church today. It's not that big a deal. I believe every time counts. Every time God wants to encounter you personally, but also somebody else within the church. And then we know, we know what happens in the end. But we're pulling together with our mission, our calling, and as we get strength, then we can start saying, Lord, I think we're ready. Enlarge our territory. And that is really our goal. And our church is small but mighty. But I believe that God is going to start strengthening us. Anybody with me? Come on, are you with me? That's what we're praying. Um, a lot of our leaders, Dante, talked about, you know, we, you know we, we got this. Now we're expanding into different areas in the community with things with pathway and different things that are happening. We're always like, okay, Lord, we want to do this good. We want to be strong. But now what else can we do? Enlarge our territory. And we want to be fruitful. We want to be productive in the kingdom. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Hopefully that encourages you. Amen. Dante, won't you come on up? Pray for us. Can you lead us out? I'm going to let you um, just kind of cap this off and pray. Pray for us. Bless us all as we leave. And um, I'm praying for you guys. Listen real quick before I hand it over. I'm praying for each and every one of you. I love you so much. If you need anything at all, call Heidi and I. We're here for you. We don't know many times if you're if you there's a struggle if there's something happening we don't know unless you let us unless you let us know so we can be praying and so we're there for you we love you very much and we're so grateful that you're here at wellspring so dear lord thank you so much for this word today god we we thank you jesus um that you have made us uh your servants Lord, we worship you as servants. And Father, I pray that we would take this word and we'd apply it to our lives. I pray that we would be um, kingdom workers. Father, would your kingdom come and your will be done here in Texarkana, Father, in Wellspring Church. I pray that we would be a church that is rooted in you, that we'd be rooted in you in the firm foundation, Jesus. 
I pray that we would be um, kingdom-minded, that we would look out into the, the darkness of Texarkana and that we would make that our mission, Lord God, to bring the light into it. Lord, that we wouldn't just look at the darkness and tremble, Lord God. We wouldn't just look at the darkness and shake our heads, but that we would look at it with passion and with courage, Lord, that you've given us all, the, the, all that we need to go and infiltrate the darkness. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that we would carry the word to all four corners of Texarkana and then on, Father, but that you would make that um, our passion, fill us with passion for your people, for the lost, Jesus. I pray that the gospel would be more prevalent now than it ever has been. That your blood would wash over um, our hearts and your grace, Lord, would just be uh, on our hearts every single day, and that we would serve the community out of the overflow of our hearts, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we would tend the harvest. Father, we are in the times where we need to cultivate and to water, Lord, and I pray that, Lord, that we would reap a harvest but that it would be in your will, Father, that we wouldn't try to force anything, Jesus, but that we would go out there and that we would um, be submitted unto you, Jesus. Help us to, to not be apathetic to the problems that we see, Jesus. But help us to act, Lord, on, on the things that we desire to see change, Lord. But that we would do it with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray you be with my church family today as they go out, Lord. Protect them. Thank you, Jesus, for the family that you've given me. Bless them, Jesus, as they go. Lord, we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.